Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Today is June the 2nd. Yes, we are in June 2021. And if you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, oh yeah, and this is episode 282, I believe. So thank you for joining us. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, the Media Boat Podcast is, as the name implies, a podcast about media, including movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. With me is Mike. Hi, Mike. He's Matt. We have quite a lot to talk about. Um, lots of thoughts. I think we have thoughts on everything. And yeah, just our normal long-ass show. But hey. <laughs> you love it. You'd love, love to it. see it. I know. You love it so much. We've done 282 episodes just for you, the <laughs> listener. I mean, if you didn't love us, you would tell us. And we don't have any feedback about people not no, loving us. We have no negative feedback. So no so, news is good news. Is, yeah, exactly. So we don't know. We don't know if, if we need to improve anything. That's your job. You have to tell us. So in the meantime, let's just keep on keeping on. We always start the show with movies. And we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. This week is no different. We start out with number one movie this week, A Quiet Place Part 2. $47.5 million debut for that one. Number two, Cruella comes in at $21.5 million in its debut. Plus um, whatever yeah. Disney Plus premium. Disney Plus gets. premium revenue. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Disney Plus Premium, number three, Raya and the Last Dragon keeps scooting along with another $2.3 million. That's sitting at $51 million domestic. Yes, that means A Quiet Place Part 2 in one week almost made what Raya and the Last Dragon has made the entire run. Yes, but Raya and the Last Dragon actually went up this week because it was down to like 1.4 last week. Yeah. So, So improvements. People are seeing movies again. We'll get to that in a moment. Before we do, the rest of your top five. Number four, Spiral with another $2.2 million. That's at 19 domestic. Wrath of Man at number five, $2.1 million. That's at 22 million. In case you're wondering where Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong is, right at number five or number six, $1 million. That's still not quite to 197.7 million domestic. At this point, Godzilla versus Kong is our. Will it reach 100 million update? The answer, probably not. Looks like. Hey, maybe it will. Who knows? But it will have some competition because we have new movies coming out. Yeah, we got some new releases in the slate coming up this weekend. First up, The Conjuring, colon, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yet another Conjuring movie. Does that make it the fifth one? Eh, something like that. Sixth Sounds one, right. something like that. Then we have Samaritan. Uh, this is a Taken style film featuring none other than Sylvester Stallone. Yes, <laughs> Rocky. Sure. Creed, Balboa, uh, John <laughs> Rambo himself. Etc. Cetera. Etc. Cetera. Yeah, weird. Okay. And then we also have Spirit Untamed, which, if I remember correctly, is in the Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron universe, uh, a movie spinoff of the Netflix shows. Um, 
notable, which was based off of the which was based off of the 2002-ish, I want to say, animated DreamWorks film. Yeah. Hand-drawn animated Dreamworks film. Yes, uh, one of their last. Uh, so yeah, long-tenured franchise, but has been breathed new life for a new generation on Netflix, I guess. And yeah, enough so that they're doing another theatrically released movie. Um, the only thing I know about this thing is that the trailer used a Taylor's version of Wildest Dreams off of 1989, <laughs> which was everybody why everybody was thinking that the next one was going to be 1989. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that in the credits, I guess. <laughs> Taylor's version. Taylor's <laughs> version. Next up, let's talk about movie news, why don't we? So, Memorial Day weekend Memorial Day is weekend. the unofficial, official, unofficial start of the summer movie season depending on if you want to count like the beginning of May or not. Eh, it's Memorial Day weekend. But Memorial Day weekend has traditionally been the start of summer movie season. And uh, yeah, even in a weird off year like this, it's still more or less the case. We just read the box office numbers. And when you almost make 50K or 50 million, sorry, in a weekend with your debut, that means people are starting to see movies again. So sure enough, that's the case. But what about the movie theater chains. Are they making any changes going into the summer, especially with loosening guidelines about mask wearing by the CDC? Well, well funny that you ask. <laughs> you think they would because they would. that's how they get people back to the movie theaters. Well, let's talk about it. First up, movie theater chains, including AMC, Regal, and Cinemark, will no longer require fully vaccinated guests to wear face masks. All right, bye. That's it. I'm going to movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> In line with CDC guidelines, masks will now be optional for inoculated patrons and will be, quote, strongly encouraged for all others. For non-vaccinated customers, masks can be removed when eating and drinking inside the auditorium. All employees at AMC, Regal, and Cinemark locations will still be required to support a face mask themselves, though. Cinema's chains are continuing to enforce other COVID-19 safety measures like social distancing and reduced capacity as well as enhanced cleaning sanitation protocols to help stop the spread of the virus. So at least know that if you're a vaccinated individual, um, that you have a little bit more flexibility uh, than you did before, but the rest of the um, protocol is still being followed. So yeah, it's a, it's a step. Yes. You may feel peer pressure to wear your mask, not just by people around you, but because the employees will still be required to wear their mask which is smart because it is smart still, and if you are vaccinated you. you do have that option to not wear a mask yeah. although if you're vaccinated by now chances are you're probably still gonna wear a mask and probably be <laughs> safe um, and of course the unspoken thing here is that yes they're not obviously asking for your card at the door it's basically going to be the honor system so surely you're going to see people lying uh, but that's to be expected. Um, just make your own judgment call about what you feel most comfortable doing. Yes. Meanwhile, Take the, um, rule of house. Yes. Everybody lies. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Dr. House. Uh, meanwhile, in smaller theater chain news, Alamo Draft House has emerged from their Chapter 11 bankruptcy. All right. Now, How'd they do? Well, uh, they completed their sale to Altamont Capital Partners, which we talked about a few months ago. 
Funds managed by affiliates of Fortress Investment Group, LLC, and Alamo Draft House founder Tim League. Along with the news of the end of its Chapter 11 process, the company announced plans to open five new theaters, locations in Manhattan, Staten Island, St. Louis, and two in Washington, D.C. in 2021 and 2022. Note that those are all on the East Coast. Yes. Alamo Drafthouse Long in the Works Manhattan location is expected to open this fall, located in the Financial District in Lower Manhattan. The 14-screen multiplex will also be the home of The Press Room, a new museum, letterpress print shop, bar, and event space. So, if you're in New York City, go check that out come fall. Um, otherwise, good to see that Alamo Drafthouse lives and will remain being an institution uh, going forward. Uh, do not be surprised if you see movie premieres being moved to the Alamo Drafthouse because yeah. that press room and museum and bar and event space seems right up that alley. I can see hey, that. Netflix, did you want to get into a theater in New York City and have they an do. event for it? I bet they do. Hey, Amazon. Do you, <laughs> okay, I could just go on. Hey, M Amazon. Amazon MGM. Hey. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah, uh, positive story overall. I mean, again, use caution when going to movie theaters. This does not give you a free pass, but that being said, at least now we're kind of moving the ball towards uh, back to normal uh, in movie theaters, slowly but surely. Yes, um, and just real briefly, asterisk here for global events. Um, Las Vegas, as of June 1st, completely mask-free. Um, well, mask at your own discretion. I'm not going to say mask-free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mask at your own discretion. There's no more rules stating you have to wear a mask in Las Vegas. That being said, it's Las Vegas, chaos happens, including, as we talked about last week, the Army of the Dead. Who knows what's going on there? Hey, I heard that what happens there stays there. Is that true? Except for herpes. That shit will come back with you. <laughs> well, and COVID-19, turns and out. COVID. Um, <laughs> but I think for the most part, other than that, all stadiums, well, we'll get this into baseball stews, but yeah. um, in June, Roughly all baseball stadiums will be allowing full capacity. But we'll talk about more about what's going full capacity later in the show. Yes, we will. For now, let's move on to our second story here, which is a little update about one of our media boat favorites, Ava DuVernay, yeah. and her array studio, and the next step they're taking with Google to help up-and-coming creatives. Did you say Google? I did say Google. So Ava DuVernay's Array Studio has partnered with Google to create a new $500,000 feature film grant available to up-and-coming creatives from historically underrepresented communities. The endowment, referred to as the Array plus Google feature film grant, not super creative, but what are you going to do? No, we'll talk we'll about super creative later. Yeah. <laughs> will provide funds allowing the recipient to produce their first full-length feature. The initiative speaks to ongoing efforts on the part of Array and Google to help amplify marginalized voices, thereby building toward a more equitable and inclusive artistic community. The production to be funded through the grant will be powered, powered by Array Crew, the database that Ava DuVernay created to help hiring managers easily access underrepresented film and TV professionals. So pretty cool. Yeah. This is one of those feel-good stories. Um, good, 
even though it is specifically Ava DuVernay and Google, who is technically outside of the film industry, yeah, this is a way for them to not only get their foot in the door, but show that they're expressing multicultural views, yeah, underrepresented views. Um, this is a positive, no matter how you spin it. Yeah, we like to have little stories like that every once in a while about grants and. Mm-hmm endowments and things it's it's good to know that the next generation is being taken care of so yeah oh right on that in that case we do have one little thought for you now i don't think this counts as a movie you've put this in the movie section i think this is a television thought possibly but (laughs) it is feature length so is it a movie (laughs) no my, what my ruling is. So right. Maybe we'll keep that for television. All right, we'll leave with the television then. So instead, on that note, let's move to television and let's talk about sports first. All right, sports is being sports balled. Sports corner and sports happened all over the place this week, starting with the Indy 500, Helio Castronoves. Did I pronounce that yep. wrong? Castronoves. Okay. Yeah, that right. Helio, aka Spider Man. Oh, Spider Man finished first in the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500, marking his fourth win on the track. And I saw a little bit of a little bit of news saying that he's one of only a handful of people to ever win four times. One of four other people. I don't think anyone's ever won five times on the track. Mm-hmm. What I saw. Yeah. But uh, his nickname is Spider Man because after he wins, he climbs the net. <laughs> the, the fencing nice him and his crew climbed the fencing so he's nicknamed spider-man very cool spider-man congratulations yep uh indy 500 and the coke 600 always yep. run on memorial weekend on the same day fun fact there have been times when someone has driven in both races not this year not this but year but that it has just, happened it has happened before <laughs> speaking of things that have already happened you may recall a few weeks ago, we talked about how the MLB had moved the All-Star game from Atlanta after the controversial uh, bill passed about abortion rights. Was that the was that an abortion rights bill? Uh, or voting, voting rights. rights. Voting, voting rights. rights. Uh, well, apparently the city of Atlanta doesn't think that it's over quite yet because they have filed a lawsuit against Major League Baseball to request that the All-Star game return to Atlanta immediately or the defendants will pay $100 million in damages to local and state small businesses. Um, And this, to me, sounds like uh, this is going to go absolutely nowhere. Quite possibly. Um, MLB (laughs) already made the change to send it to Coors Field in Colorado. Yes. So, I mean, technically they could move it back, but with it being literally a month away. (laughs) Yeah. I don't see that happening. It seems unlikely. And also, I don't know if Atlanta really has a case there um, that it would, I mean, yes, it would be a swell in local business revenue, but I don't know how much money they can actually prove. I don't know how much they can prove here that would have, they're, they're losing here. I mean, you can see how much Colorado gets. Yeah. Who's going to come and say, that could have been ours. You can also look at past All-Star games yeah. and say, that could have been ours. I mean, worst case scenario it here, or I, I shouldn't say worst case scenario. I would say most likely scenario here is they don't get the all-star game. It stays 
um, in Colorado, it happens. And then afterwards, Major League Baseball just settles for some sort of uh, money. I can imagine something like that. Uh, they will settle out of court for undisclosed amount of some yes. money. Undisclosed amount of money. Meanwhile, in sports, probably the biggest story in sports this week, well, Naomi Osaka. It is the biggest story in sports. Naomi, Naomi I had it right, and then you talked. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Osaka withdrew, withdrew from the French Open after event officials fined her for $15,000 for refusing to attend media press conferences. It seems like this was not the only organization that was on her about this. She's apparently notoriously avoided pressers, and honestly, I don't blame her. And uh, so, yeah, she just decided that this was not something she wanted to participate in and bailed out. She did do the press conference for the event itself, which occurs right after the match. And they do like the in-TV interview. But then after that, players are supposed to go to the press room to do continuous press conferences after that. She didn't want to do that, citing risk for her mental health. Mm-hmm. At which point the tournament said, well, if you're not going to go, we're going to fine you because you have to participate. To which she said, well, I guess if I have to participate, you can't make me go if I'm not participating. Yeah. I hope how big the story has gotten starts a conversation about how we treat athletes and oppressor. Because mm-hmm. like I feel like to force them into these grueling grueling press events right after you compete is just ridiculous it's so much it's so much on these people and if they don't feel comfortable doing it they shouldn't be forced to do it this was also the first round where she dominated because she's naomi osaka (laughs) right she's like top 10 in the world if not number one at this point so it makes sense like it's first round i was i had to beat them there was no other if I lost, that would have been your story, but yeah, I'm expected but, to win. Right. What more do you want her to say? Yeah, what is she going to make up? Like she, It's basically improv. You have to like have an entire routine planned out. Like, right, but then to do that exact same routine for not just the four majors of yeah. tennis, but every single tournament, it's, it's too much. Too much. I mean, we do this once a weekend. <laughs> it's two. It's a lot. Weekend. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I don't blame her. And hopefully this makes, maybe will make people think about the process and make th- think about like what we do expect from these athletes that maybe we shouldn't. And um, uh, lastly, speaking of the French Open. Yes. Uh, she will be, our uh, Coco Golf, upcoming rising star Coco Golf will be, um, partnering up with one of the Williams sisters. Oh. I think it's Venus Williams. Okay. Yeah, Venus Williams and Coco Goff will be the doubles partners in the French Open. Okay. Meaning that it's the first time that Venus has not paired with her sister Serena. That makes sense. Well, moving out of tennis and into soccer, specifically Champion League European soccer, Chelsea has beaten Manchester City to win the UEFA Champions League. Congratulations. Now, go hire Ted Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Not quite. 
But then, that being said, Ted Lasso, I think, is this month. Yeah, it's coming very quick. Yep. So excited for that. Uh, and lastly, in sports, or as more specifically, sports entertainment, WWE has announced the return of live crowds for their shows with a 25-city tour beginning in July. Um, note mm. about this, though. Most is of those are in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but a note about this is that uh, recent news has said that apparently the organization is starting to let go a lot of wrestlers. Um, that was today. Yes, you saw that. And so uh, it's may- maybe maybe keep that in mind before you go to a show to see your favorite guy. They might not be there. Well, the big name that was released today was Braun St- Strowman, the Express, the huge juggernaut of a man. <laughs> was released and Ruby Riot, both of them, uh, Braun and Ruby, competed in WrestleMania this past mm. year. And it, Braun, last WrestleMania, was competing for the Universal World Championship. And now he's out. Mm. Who knows if it's because they had issues with management or because they are going on tour and they don't want to do going on tour? I get it. cities. That. But they have been let go as of today, along with four other people. Hmm. At least that's what I saw. Yes, that's more or less what I saw, too. There might be more people in the coming days, but so far, that's what I saw. Yeah. In fact, the thing I saw said suggested that there will be more in the coming days. So it might be a mass exodus uh, just beginning to start. Who knows? We'll see. Um, In Um, the meantime. And briefly, because since we're talking about WWE real quick. With the success of the two-night WrestleMania event that they just had, there are talks about them continuing that and having two nights for future WrestleMania events, seeing as that is the end-all, end-of-season for WWE. Mm. Spreading it over two nights might be a normal thing moving forward. Hmm. And I like that production value. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, wrestling fans, wait and see what happens. It'll be interesting regardless. All right, let's move on into our first television story of the week. Hey, HBO Max, it's a thing we check in on every once in a while. They've kind of been moving and shaking. We had the Warner Media story last week about the merger with Discovery. Uh, And this week, their ad-supported tier is finally launching. So... They are promising the lowest commercial ad load in streaming in the streaming industry. Of course, uh, what they mean by that is a maximum of about four minutes per hour of ads, but none versus uh, during actual HBO programming. So this tier will be underneath the existing tier at $10 a month. That's underneath the $14.99 month. Uh, that is the normal tier. And that puts it in the same neighborhood about for Peacock and Discovery, what they're charging for 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 their ad supported versions as well so makes about makes about the same amount of sense one caveat about this ad supported tier that may lose a lot of people though is that you're not going to get the day and date release of new movies with the ad supported tier so that means the upcoming releases of space jam and in the heights you won't see them on the ad supported tier only that 15 dollars a month ad free tier um, so this will not interfere with any of the uh, Dis- Warner Brothers Discovery joint venture that we talked about, uh, at least not yet. We'll see how that grows as we go on. 
Um, I would not be surprised if at some point a bunch of Discovery content just finds its way there and maybe they shutter Discovery Plus as we know it right now. But that's not official. We don't know what's happening there. And I guess we'll, we won't know for a little bit, but uh, we'll find out eventually. Right. I also won't be surprised if they decide to do a $5 add-on. Like you can get this plus Discovery. But eh, we will see, not, at least not until next year, until that deal actually closes in 2022. Right. That being uh, said, they did reveal the name of the new company they want to form. Yeah, so I guess they're just calling it Warner Brothers Discovery, um, and they launched this launched with it. Well, okay, there's a there's an asterisk to this story. So later, I found out that this is not a logo per se. They said it was a word mark, which, if you know anything about weird trademark law, those are different things. Um, basically, this is just for a corporate level stuff. Um, you're probably going to see the continued use of the existing Discovery and Warner Brothers brands as they are already now on individual pieces of content. You're probably not going to see this logo outside of company insignia on press releases, for example. Kind of think like how nobody ever called a new Warner Brothers movie in 2000 a AOL time Warner joint. No, that was the corporate name. Warner Brothers was still the studio. That's still going to be the case here. Right, just how Disney releases everything under Buena Vista, even though Buena Vista isn't really a thing anymore. It's a distributor, yeah, and it's yeah, it's never been a, really a company. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's complex, and most people don't even think about it because it doesn't affect their daily lives. But a bunch of dorks on the internet thought the logo was stupid, and so they decided <laughs> to talk about it. Not just the logo, but the tagline as well. Yes, stuff that dreams are made of, because they want to remind you of all the movies that they made. With, <laughs> and, and yeah, there's like nostalgic feelings about them. You know what would have been a better title for this? <laughs> I feel like we can workshop a better title out of this. <laughs> uh, WBD. Discover what's possible. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were saying that they wanted to see the, a version of the WB Shield yeah. used here, but with the a Discovery somewhere on it. But I, I think that they're making sure the Discovery gets equal billing here, corporate-wise, because that seems to be the way they negotiated. I mean, consider that the uh, the the CEO of this new company is going to be the Discovery from, guy, from not Discovery, the Warner yeah. guy. So I wonder how much of that is the reason why we see this kind of equal billing. Right. I've seen. I've been in some of those meetings where they buy a company and. They buy it for the name. So you don't want yeah. to get rid of the name. But in this case, they don't. They absolutely want to make that sure that name is right up top. Mm -hmm. so. So. All right. Well, interesting. Nonetheless, I, this doesn't affect us, but uh, it'll be good as an option for people um, looking into HBO Max that maybe don't want to spend that extra $5 a month. So No, but you could probably spend that $5 a month hosting the site. WarnerBrothersDiscovery.com because I don't think that's claimed. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Better go get it. Anyway, our next story here is actually a bunch. Welcome to Television Bits. It's the bits, the bits, the bits. First up in the bits, long, long, long running sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has started filming their 15th season. Yeah, that's a long God. time. That's too many seasons. I mean, we're on five, so. Yeah, but we're not a sitcom. 
Are we? No. We have no. bits. No. No. We have bits. Let's continue with the bits. Marvel has confirmed that Moon Knight, an upcoming Disney Plus series, am I correct? Yes. Uh, will be played by Oscar Isaac. Uh, it was rumored, then not officially confirmed, but now it's just officially confirmed. Okay. Belarus member BTRC has been suspended from Eurovision, or at least was suspended from Eurovision. Eurovision is over. Uh, for suppression of media freedom. Do you know what happened here? Uh, suppression for the next season. Oh, okay. Um, they're suspended for the next season. Belarus uh, members of the media have been quietly turning away journalists mm -hmm. in a not-so-quiet fashion that they got found out. So uh, I see. <laughs> Eurovision being uh, that of Europe does not like media suppression because that is seen as fascism and they already went through that in the 1940s. And they're done that. Been there, done that, see how that works. Didn't like it. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Oh, interesting, nonetheless. Uh, next up, Christopher McDonald has joined the cast of Marvel's Secret Invasion series for G Disney+. Plus. If that name doesn't sound familiar, you know him better as Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Ah, uh, I see. Next up, Miles Teller will be re replacing Army Hammer in the upcoming series, The Offer, about the making of The Godfather. Yes, it's an offer that he couldn't refuse. I guess so. So yeah, Army Hammer kind of in social media jail right now. Uh, who knows when he'll come back. Um, and so yeah, it makes sense why you would maybe not want Army Hammer as your star in a thing. Yes, but also realize that Miles Teller looks nothing like Army Hammer. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> So that's not even a one-to-one -one comparison. <laughs> no, not really. But hey, what are you going to do? And then lastly, in a story that I don't even really want to talk about. Um, oh, we can skip it. Yeah. Okay, let's skip it. Hey, you watched a bunch of television. Let's talk about that instead. Yes. Um, so as I mentioned last week, TV ended. Is ending. Was ending. Series were endings. Well, let's be clear. TV is not ending forever. TV is ending because summer is here, and that means... The TV doldrums. Seasons yes. are ending. Yes. TV seasons are ending, and I have some quick thoughts on season endings of stuff I watched and okay. slash caught up on. So let's uh, rapid fire this then, shall right. we? Let's do it. First up. Right. Uh, we're just going to go up in order here. Uh, first up, This Is Us continues to be one of my favorite shows on TV. Okay. Very impactful, very moving, very touching, very almost over as the next season, sixth season, will be its finale, has been confirmed yeah. to be its finale. That's it. Creators have said they will not move any more stories. They will not do TV or a TV movie or movie or anything like that. They're going to wrap it up from the next season. And seeing as they always do this kind of look forward to um, at the end of every season, like look forward to like the future, like the future stuff. Lots of things are going to change in this next season, but then again, mm -hmm. it's This Is Us, and things are always very dramatic. It's <laughs> drama uh, soup. soup. Delicious. Drama? It's very delicious. Delicious soup drama. Drama yeah. soup. It's like thick and hearty and just lays it on, but you just love it so much because it makes you feel good. <laughs> Good. 
I didn't know. <laughs> Next up, The Good Doctor. Um, this is season four, I believe, of The Good Doctor. We already talked about it being renewed for two more seasons, so we get a lot more Good Doctor and continues to be the medical show that I continue to watch, mainly because of David Shore, who did House, and very similar to that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see this thing ending anytime soon as long as they keep bringing in medical mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone seems to enjoy their roles. I like the changeup from the new cast that they introduced for this season. Uh, they did pare it down. They brought in six people initially over the course of the season, pared it down to four, three, one, two, two one. into three now. <laughs> so they lost half of the new cast, but that does mean that they can bring in some new people and work them in as well. Um, at the very end, I did see a lot of hard cuts that they had to make because of Richard Schiff, which we talked here, who got COVID during production. Right, right, right. A lot of his stuff towards the end of the season did seem to feel a bit rushed because of those choices they had to make production-wise. That being said, he seems to be better. I've heard any bad news from it, so hopefully next season more, more from him. You have said that that being said, a lot in this podcast, just letting you know. That being said, I have more to talk about. <laughs> what else do you got? Well, because I was like, I give so much information. <laughs> all that being said, <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> yes. Because all that being said, <laughs> I still like the circle. So this isn't new. This is just me catching up from Netflix shows because um, this was the beginning of the year and I think I figured out why I like it, and it's that they have no rule book. Yeah. They don't, they have a set structure, but they can change the rules at any time in any ways. And sometimes it works out good for players, sometimes it works out bad for mm -hmm. players. Uh, in the first season, everyone who was a catfish, they all caught except for one person this season. Spoilers, but yeah. They were all catfished by each other and kicked all the authentic people out. Yeah. <laughs> Except for one person. Kind of a, like a dual reversal, seeing that, hey, it can go either way. We don't know how this is going to go. So we're playing this literally by the seat of our pants. Mm -hmm. Quote, executive producer of the circle. <laughs> so um, I'm sure Christy, a uh, friend of the show, Christy, will be very excited to talk to you about season two of the circle when uh, she sees you on Friday. Uh, because she has been, she has started one, a circle chat with a couple of her friends because she has no one else to talk to about the circle. And they actually talked her into watching the British circle now. So she's on the circle UK season two. She just finished that. Right. And I think there's also the Brazil circle mm -hmm. as well. She's debating about whether to do Brazil or France next. Um, but she's, she says that that's not going to be as fun because those are the circles that she has to read as opposed to the <laughs> listen to. Yes, so, uh, this is not a read and pay attention to series. This <laughs> is a, I need something right. low budget distracting me. And yeah, no. it works. She is deep into the circle and I'm sure she'll be very excited to talk to somebody about it. So just prepare yourself. Oh, <laughs> we'll be prepared. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of things being prepared, 911. They're always prepared. Response are always repaired. 
Prepare. Repair? Yes. They're always Prepare. repaired, too. Yes. <laughs> so this past season, much like with the Good Doctor, they started off with doing COVID, I won't say special episodes, but yeah. COVID-related episodes. While uh, This Is Us and The Good Doctor kind of moved forward from those episodes, 911 did not. And every episode, because it's supposed to be shot in real time in real 2020 time, mm-hmm. I'm throwing huge air quotes up here for those um, podcast listeners, <laughs> but because it's supposed to take represent in real time in 2020, every single time they went out, they were wearing masks. Every single time they treated a patient, they did it under COVID protocols. This is Ryan Murphy production, and I really appreciate that attention to detail, especially when dealing with first responders who, as we've in real life seen in the past summer, last summer specifically, before they started production, got a lot of unwanted press, well, necessary press. Right, yeah, they were kind of everywhere because they were needed so badly. Right. And so to keep that authenticity for the time being, it makes it feel grounded, it makes it feel real, which adds to that delicious soup drama that I love. <laughs> drama soup. Drama soup. Thick and hearty, you lay it on there. <laughs> but yeah, continue to like 911. And I believe that thing is not going to stop. <laughs> because it's based in a firehouse, they can easily and have added people can take away people can rotate people in and out and keep it fresh and that is exciting and i look forward to this show for years to come cool as i continue to do all right um what else what else did i watch oh yes disney plus revival revamp renew yeah reimagining No, it's no, not really reimagining because it exists in the same... It's like a sequel, yeah. I guess. It's a sequel that takes place 30, 20 years later, 25 mm-hmm. years later. So yeah, you talked about starting this, uh, but now you have finished it. Yes. Uh, the series has come to a close. I'm talking about The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I'm not Game sure if there's a colon or not, but I'm going to throw a colon in there. Yeah, there's a colon, sure. The Mighty Ducks colon Game Changers. What started off as a kind of faithful adaptation into a series of a down-on-their-luck kind of ragtag group of hockey players in Minnesota evolved into a down-on-their-luck team who take on the actual, like, peewee hockey Mighty Ducks for their naming rights, if they can. I'm not sure. Yeah, the series kind of goes like off the rails because that has to circle back to them becoming the Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks, Ducks right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that, are you really watching the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> nope. If they don't become the Mighty Ducks by the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, not a spoiler, by the way, because they heavily lay it on that. Well, I'm oh, sure. you're not a real duck. Oh, that's not what the real ducks are about. You guys don't represent the real ducks. You just stop doing that. It's laid on thick constantly so it was not a shocking surprise (laughs) or was how they got the name and kind of won in one overall in the end 
could have done a lot more with cameos. There is a, I'm not sure if it's unverified rumor or not, but Keenan Thompson, who was in the Mighty Ducks 2 movie, D2, is set to make an appearance in the uh, second season. Okay. Unverified rumor. I saw that somewhere like, oh, that seems like fun. But not verified because they did make the original Ducks appear in this kind of ham-fisted way. But <laughs> also like that kind of ham-fisted way that you kind of have to for this kind of series. Yeah. But I had fun. Um, I had the doctor watch a couple episodes like, oh, this is okay. Like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. definitely a kid's show. But then again, yeah. Lauren Graham can make anything kind of fun. <laughs> it's elevated a little bit. Yeah. But I think having her as the coach and more or less the lead, or like the adult lead, yeah, really works because she does play that that type of a atypical mom who's yeah. very caring but also very strict at the same time. <laughs> so it's a fun watch, uh, definitely a family watch. Yeah, a good family pick for you. Mm-hmm. Well, series, but yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, real briefly, uh, we didn't cover it last week because it was actually airing when we were recording. But Masked Singer, right? Fifth season has a winner declared, and none other than Mr. Jessica Simpson. I'm sorry, former <laughs> Mr. Jessica. Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick Lachey. Yes. Yes. Um, the other top three or the other two finalists were Jojo. Yes. <laughs> yes, that Jojo. Jojo. Um, leave parentheses get out right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Wiz Khalifa. Yes. That Wiz Khalifa of Black and Yellow and yeah. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> well, not of Snoop Dogg. But right. He's always uh, collabing with Snoop Dogg. But yeah. Those were your three finalists for The Masked Singer, and yeah, on par with what you would expect for The Masked Singer. So here's a go- here's a question for you, because Christy uh, saw the that, that he had won, and she posited something that I tend to agree with. Do you think it's unfair to have non-singers compete against singers in this show? Uh, let's see. The winner before this was Leanne Rhymes. Uh-huh. The winner before that was uh-huh. uh, T-Pain. Wayne, T-Pain was one. Wayne Brady mm. was one. Uh, there was someone in between Wayne Brady and Leanne Rhymes. I don't remember, but still, all these people are established people who we know can sing. Right. So do you think that's unfair? I mean, it is, but <laughs> also it's supposed to be like, hey, Remember this person? Yeah. They can still sing. But yeah, no, it's wrong. You're right. It is an unfair advantage. It's kind of weird. But that's why they all wear masks to level <laughs> the playing field. Right? Yeah, I guess. And, and yeah, I guess it's because it's like audience voting. So it's like kind oh, of open yeah. to their interpretation. In COVID, you got to throw up those huge votes yeah. for audience, audience voting. Because there is there was no live audience this year. Right, due to right. COVID. But yeah, congratulations, Nick Lachey, on wearing the 
winning the masked trophy? Something like that. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Masked trophy, whatever. Um, <laughs> season six coming this fall. Of course, because, because those are cheap and easy to make. Yeah, it won't die. So, nothing will. Nothing will kill it. Yeah. Speaking of killing things, I'm ready for a crime scene. Oh no! In the kitchen. What? Yeah, Fox's new reality show, Crime Scene Kitchen, uh, premiered. It's crazy. <laughs> it's also kind of stupid. Okay. Sounds stupid. So, so, one of my favorite challenges in Hell's Kitchen is the Taste It Now Make It challenge. Yes, yes. You love the Taste It Now Make I love It. love it, the Taste It Now Make It. <laughs> now, what if it was Taste It Now Make It without showing you what I made? Okay. You have to figure out from the clues left in the kitchen of the mess that I made. Oh, I see. Whether it's eggshells in the uh, trash can, a half-used carton in the fridge of milk, <laughs> some chopped almonds that are strewn about on the floor, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> seems hard, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems kind of impossible, if you ask yeah, me. It is super hard. <laughs> so when you have six teams, uh, each create four different desserts because they all think it's something different <laughs> you're not going to have a very good consensus no. also they have to do this in two hours so some of them look like creations straight out of make, making it uh-huh or whatever that, or, that uh, this one is nailed it nailed it yeah that one making it making it well yeah made it <laughs> <laughs> yeah nailed it so some of them look like that because it took two hours and you spent like 15 minutes trying to figure out what exactly it is you're going to make in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so it's chaos, but not like good chaos. Yeah. It's uncontrollable chaos, but it also has mm -hmm. the same production value as like typical Fox shows, competition shows of Mental Samurai and Lego Masters. Uh -huh. So it's very lit and very game show heavy. It's lit. It's, Hashtag yes. it's lit. Yeah, bright colors <laughs> everywhere and it doesn't need to be. Um, yeah. I give this a one and done season. Ooh, okay. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I don't right. see myself tuning back into it. So, even though, riff. I, even though I like the concept of the taste it now make it, yeah. It doesn't quite work for me. Not the same. No. But what is the same and more of the same, and I'm mm -hmm. glad it's back. And I think your glad's back too. Lego Masters season yes, two. Lego Masters. It's uh, back. I have not watched it yet, um, but I'm going to tell me how, how it went. If you liked the last season, oh, I did. You're gonna like this season. Cool. More Legos, more competitions, more Will Arnett if you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a package deal. It is. So mileage may vary on Will Arnett. <laughs> Um, just like Crime Scene Kitchen, uh, his host is uh, Joel McHale. However much you can stomach of that as well <laughs> is how much you'll be able to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Lego Masters is back. It's a great show to turn on and watch every now and then. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, I remember when I used to play Legos. And then, oh yeah, and now I know why I stopped playing right. Legos. Because <laughs> <laughs> these creations are wild and crazy kids. Wait, no, that's a different show. Wild and Crazy Kids. 
<laughs> on Paramount Plus right now, I'm sure. Yes, not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. Uh, but yeah, Lego Masters is back. So happy. Um, summer competition shows. And then just real briefly with summer competition shows, you have literally games of summer with, as I said, Mental Samurai, Press Your Luck, Hundred Thousand Dollar Pyramids, Yeah, Fortune, they're all coming back. Island games of games, all of that coming back. Um, I think like Price is Right, Celebrity at Night, or something coming back as well. All of that. It's now the summer of games, yeah. game shows. Yeah, welcome to it. But speaking of coming back, yes. Uh, just like with good people who used to be your family, they always come back. People yeah. you used to know. Uh huh. Just like Gautier. Someone I used just to just know. Like Gautier. Uh, so, yeah, the big television event this week. Yes. The big television event that I think we forgot to hype up last week. But yeah, then but, again, eh. you should have already our... been hyped on it if you weren't yeah. already. Exactly. Not our demographic. We don't right. need to tell millennials to be excited about this. No. <laughs> friends. Reunion or friends yep. holding the reunion and not friends, the one where we all got back together. Right. What a waste. They could have totally done a like a friends title, like and they didn't bother. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That is a lot of words though. The one where we all got back together. Yeah, or the one with the reunion. Yeah. Yeah, that works too. Unless that was no, I don't think they did a high school reunion in the episodes. But yeah, just like the, the one with the reunion. Yeah, easy. Right. Yeah, easy. Like, like it's set up. It's a soft there. Right. How do you not do that? Friends, the one with the reunion. Anyways, so friends, the one with the reunion. <laughs> um, hour and a half special, which I didn't expect it to be an hour and a half, but yeah. Hey, the more hey. friends, the merrier. <laughs> but it was less a reunion and more of a like homage to famous episodes and like sure. oh remember this remember how much you loved friends remember how it's a good time you had with friends remember this scene remember these acts remember these clubs remember these special guests kind of people bring brought back on every now and then it's like oh yeah that was that oh yeah i remember that and not a whole lot of substance that you get with <laughs> the characters or the behind the scenes yeah for me, the most impactful stuff was the stuff from the creators of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, Kaufman, Bright, and third person. <laughs> yeah, the other one. Yeah. Uh, the thing is Marty Kaufman, Bright. Because Bright was always last. Um, but the interviews that they did with their casting and decision on the shows and how they went about it, I thought I found that more interesting than the actual reunion of the cast being together. Yeah. Because with the cast being together, it was like, oh yeah, don't you remember this? Don't, don't you remember when we did this? It was like, yeah, I remember when that happened. I remember this. I remember that. And don't give a whole lot of like one or two lines of like, oh yeah, that happened, but then because of this or because of that and then other stuff. Very sprinkled throughout, so it felt a lot like playing to the I would say lowest common denominator, playing to your ego of the show. And I really wish it was more, well, I guess that's not what you want in the reunion, but more behind the scenes, more yeah. 
of the success, like how it became the success, how they knew it was a success. You want a documentary, not yeah. a reunion special, is what it sounds like. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> this is just not the thing you want it to be, which is understandable. But I guess if people want to look at uh, the cast of Friends and what they look at now, this is look like now, and this is an opportunity to do that. So, yeah, it's not bad. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I just wish it was more substance than what I got, which is very surface level stuff. That makes sense. But it's not really for us anyways. I was actually talking to Christy about this too. It's like, we're kind of in, a, in the middle generation for friends. Like mm -hmm. it was something my parents watched, not something that I did. Right, something we watched with our parents because it yeah. was Thursday night TV. Well, actually, so I did some research and I was trying to remember why I didn't watch friends with my parents that they watched it themselves. They would tape it and they would watch it when we were, when we went to sleep. And I was trying to figure out why. And so I looked it up and there's an article that I found that's like every, what every network's counter-programming was against friends. Mm -hmm. Turns out there was always something the family was watching instead. We were watching like America's Funniest Home videos for the first few years. And then there was the, uh, the uh, who wants to be a millionaire era. Great. And then there was the who's line era. And so we were always watching something else at eight, turns out. <laughs> so I never, that's why my parents always saved friends for the tape. So you were the family that <laughs> what that delved into the, the counter programming. Yeah, we were, we were that family, turns out. Uh, but anyways, but yeah, and then Christy also pointed out, it's like apparently friends is weirdly big with boomers. Yes. Or not boomers, zoomers. Yeah. It's, zoomers uh, love friends for some reason. It's of a uh, time gone by. Yeah, I guess. Also, I they never addressed 9-11, so in that world, it never happened. Pretend it never happened. Yeah. All right, what else do you got? Oh, I see uh, there's an audible been called. I have to add yes. this. Um, lastly, um, I have <laughs> caught up on Big Mouth. Okay. Um, I think this premiered in December of 2020, but yeah, end of last I year. Yeah, I didn't end of last year, so didn't really watch it until now. It's still big mouth. Um, yeah. There's a lot of tongue yeah. cheek stuff of it playing, like, oh, you know, you want to watch another episode. We know we're on Netflix. We know we can get away with breaking the fourth wall, and it's a cartoon, so we can get away with a bunch of other stuff too. <laughs> Definitely playing into that hard this season, more so than the, any of the previous three seasons. I'm not sure if it works anymore. The once you've seen it, like after the first one, you're <laughs> like, okay, I get we the know jokes here. here. We know what we're dealing with. Yeah. And so by the fourth season, it's like, can this still be fresh? <laughs> and I think they're hitting kind of that wall of no longer dealing with puberty, but dealing with mental health and the mm, okay. the effects that growing up and bullying and can cause on someone in middle school dealing not necessarily with their own mental health but how it can affect them going forward and they do a couple like flash forward sequences where they don't resolve their mental health and how it would play out so real interesting not so much that i may that's keeping me interested yeah, but one of those shows where I'll go back and binge it, like like I did, like six months later, when it's like, oh yeah, 
I remember I used to like Big Mouth. Let me watch it now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think that's all I have for my quick thoughts. Okay. Not so quick because that was like 20 minutes, but yeah, <laughs> it would be. Yeah, I went through like what 10 shows? Yeah, not bad. 10 shows for 20 minutes. That's two minutes each. That's totally <laughs> fine. All right. Now the show. You're not done. No, because the thing I really want to talk about that you didn't want me to talk about in movies. No, because it's not a movie. Well, okay. <laughs> just because it's on Netflix doesn't mean it's not a movie. That's, That's true. Right. But, this is, movies. but this is not a movie. <laughs> okay. It's a comedy special. Yes. And we don't count that as movies. Unless it is theatrically released, it doesn't count as a comedy special is not a film. All right. Just say it. Asterisks here. <laughs> so we were all quarantined for the last year. We couldn't That's go true. outside. We were stuck inside <laughs> for 2020. Most of us. So with no one to go out and no one to meet, how would you stay busy? How would you keep yourself sane? And that's the basic concept, or at least starting floor, for Bo Burnham's new comedy special, Inside, where he shot, directed, edited, starred in, wrote all the jokes, wrote everything. Um, new Netflix special called Inside, where he was in a one-bedroom studio and created this comedy special. I don't think he knew it was supposed to go to Netflix. <laughs> I'm not sure because if this was a Netflix thing in general, but he has had other comedy specials on Netflix. And seeing as he couldn't really go out on tour and perform all last year, he decided to write jokes about it. And it's the kind of comedy we need right now. <laughs> it's very inoffensive, but yet makes fun of everything that we went through. Yeah. Um, it's the first opening joke. Well, so Bo Burnham does his comedy in musical lyrics and stylings, as well as like quick edits and kind of visual gags as well. So the first song he starts out with is being a comedian in 2020 and it can he be funny? What is funny for him? And then it trails and it's super hilarious and trails off into this other kind of stuck inside quarantine style comedy where he talks about like sexting and what is sexting. Um, white woman's, how a white woman's uh, Instagram feed is heaven. <laughs> um, him doing a song about uh, being an intern and then immediately comes to him doing a reaction video of him doing the song about being the intern which he doesn't <laughs> stop in time so it becomes him being a reaction video of him doing the song about the intern and then it's a reaction of his reaction to be reacting to the song about the intern. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love Bill Burnham as a comedian. He is one of my favorite comedians, even though, though he does probably put on an album once every three years. Mm -hmm. I don't like that, but <laughs> hey, I'm not going to force him to work. Uh, he also has a song about turning 30 and what it means to turn 30. <laughs> and you're like, man, too real. 
Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, this is hilarious. <laughs> so hilarious, in fact, that um, I'm probably going to show the doctor this. <laughs> yeah. Sit down and watch it because it's that funny. It's something that I can't laugh at with my. I, mean, I can laugh at it with myself, but it's also that should be shared with someone with the same kind of experience. And it's the kind of comedy that we need right now. It's hilarious, um, especially coming off of 2020. It's very, the jokes are very of that, like point directly to it and reference it. But also in the stylings of Bo Burnham, where it's fast, it's quick-witted, it rhymes, and it's musical. So it's a very catchy. Mm-hmm. And if you like Bo Burnham and you like that kind of stuff, go check out his other stuff. It's pretty hilarious too. Especially math or new math. I love new math. <laughs> yeah, let's check that out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's on Netflix. Netflix. That is my recommendation of the week. Right. Of everything that I watched this week, that's the one thing that you should definitely go check out. Cool. Inside by Bo Burnham. All right. Cool. Did you watch anything? No. And that means we can move on. Oh, sorry. I took forever, but hey. It's okay. The rest of the show should not be too much longer for y'all, but we have a lot to talk about nonetheless, and it's just as exciting. First up, cancellations and renewals time. What am I no longer watching? You are still watching Breeders on FX as if it, as it has gotten renewed for a third season. However, oh, oh, wait, what is that? I think I hear a phone ringing. Because you called it Debris, canceled after one season on NBC. Oh, I called that after the first episode. You I did. stomach it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if we got a second season, but it's also just so out there as a concept and very disjointed. Yeah. So, no more Debris. They cleaned it all up. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Next up, Luis Miguel, the series. Its third season on Netflix will be its last. Bye, bye. But hey, at least the whatever the Netflix 2. Yeah, whatever the Netflix 2. Uh, getting the Apple TV Plus 2, a second season, is The Mosquito Coast. And Showtime is bringing back City on a Hill for a third season. These are shows that people watch. Well, City on the Hill is with Kevin Bacon. Yeah. That... Kevin, that, that delicious Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Mm, delicious. We have some deaths, unfortunately, to get through real quick here. First up, BJ Thomas, age 78, was a singer most famous for the song Rain, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Also won five Grammys. Yeah, everyone knows that song. Yeah. Raindrops keep falling <laughs> on my head. So, yes. If I keep singing, I will soon be filled with dread. It's true. From the monetization. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also this week, Gavin McLeod? 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 Gavin McLeod, thank you. Age 90, actor, was in The Love Boat, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, McHale's Navy, among others. But yeah, Your grandma knows who this is. 90. 90. Made it to 90. Good job. Um, unfortunately, not as not as old. Joe Lara, age 58, actor in Steel Frontier, Tarzan the Epic Adventures. Um, yeah, 
it's kind of young. Yeah. Um, um, he yeah. was Tarzan in that series, so okay. really well built man. I guess so. To Jeez. get that role, it have to be. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next segment with his music, and I toss this over to you. And we start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. And the hottest song in the land is so hot, it could melt yeah. like butter. Like butter. Yeah, that's right. Butter from BTS is your number one song this week. Butter, 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 butter. 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 Uh, unfortunately, that means that at two is Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. Yep. And at number three is Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I almost have Deja Vu because Deja Vu <laughs> is the number three song by Olivia Rodrigo. Yes. Um, wow, back to back. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure she would have had number one. I did not be for BTS. For BTS, yes. Uh, at number four, we have Levitating by Dua Lipa, featuring the baby. And rounding out your top five, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic. Yeah. As for your Billboard 200, ring, 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 ring. What's that? Yes. Oh, hello. I'm doing this joke again because yes. <laughs> we called it. Phone is ringing off the hook this week. Yeah. Because Sour by Olivia Rodrigo is indeed your number one yes. album this week. Uh, number two, The Off Season by J. Cole. Clearly enjoying his off season from the professional basketball he is playing. <laughs> uh, three, Scaled and Icy by 21 Pilots. Yes, 21 yes. Pilots has a new album now. Uh-huh. And number four, Danger Russ. Colin, the double album by Morgan Wallace. Or... And rounding up your top five, A Gangsta's Pain by Moneybag. Yo. Yep. So, hey, Olivia Rodrigo, doing good as we predicted. Got her number one album. Uh, everybody figured that would happen, sure enough. Sure enough, you got it. Well, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Okay. They include Baptize by Atreyu. Yes, that Atreyu. <laughs> yes. Fun fact, that Atreyu went to my high school like years before, but they went to the high That's school. Pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, we also have Dreamers Are Waiting by Crowded House. Sober-ish by Liz Fair. Nowhere Generation by Rise Against. Yes, I will indeed be listening to that album. <laughs> Change that? Phobia by Rostam. Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. And lastly, Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. Yes. That's a great band name. Yeah, Japanese Breakfast. I'll be listening to that one uh, this weekend. So, All right. We'll uh, let's get into some music news, shall we? And, let's. Uh, we touched on it earlier during the box office and talking about theaters without masks and kind of hinted at it in sports where MLB stadiums will be opening up to unrestricted capacity or not unrestricted, 
back to normal capacity. They're not like yeah. overfilling their seats or anything. <laughs> you have to sit on somebody's lap. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's required. Well, not, not, <laughs> that won't be happening until I have kids. <laughs> and then I'll be sitting on their yeah, lap. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, somehow. Uh, anyway. Anyways. So those are all stadium-sized events. What about an unrestricted stadium, an open-air stadium? I mean, we talked about Lollapalooza last week. Yeah, but what but who's about next on that list? What about the biggest festival around? You mean the one mentioned in Black Panther? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Coachella. Yes. Is happening next, next year. Year. <laughs> The Coachella Festival has officially moved to April 15th through the 17th for Weekend 1 and 22nd through the 24th for Weekend 2 in 2022, Mm -hmm. according to the announcement from promoter Golden Voice. The country-themed version, Stagecoach Festival, will follow that that second weekend on April 29th through May 1st. And I believe I have the text here that says I have already have tickets and <laughs> a place to stay. <laughs> of course, right? Uh, quote, our desert homecoming is officially set for April 2022. Weekend one will take place on April 15th. Weekend two the, will take place on April 22nd. Uh, our advanced sales begin this Friday, June 4th. At 10 a.m. Pacific time, more time to plan and more time to pay for your passes over time with our flexible payment plan options. (laughs) Information about flexible payment plans and more at Coachella.com. Moving over to the Stagecoach Festival, however, quote, Stagecoach is back in the saddle. Save the date for April 29th through May 1st, 2022 for our next get-together. Be the first to find out about the advanced sale right around the corner at StagecoachFestival.com. So now, as longtime listeners know, you go to Stagecoach annually. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. Um, already have the place we stay at reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, like as soon as this was, <laughs> I heard saw this announcement. You know, like, gotta I got a text saying we're going, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then that night we were already planning who are we gonna bring, what are we gonna do, who's gonna be there. Start the speculation of the lineups. Are they gonna bring back the same lineup? Are they gonna have different people? Who's touring in the area? Who can they get? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping Casey Musgrave shows up at this point. I mean, ideally. She has um, a new album coming out this year. It would be very nice to have her go back to Stagecoach. Hey, who knows? Maybe she could do Coachella again. Hey, do all three weekends. She did say? that last time. She did it for Golden Hour. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> well, we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, we got a lot of time for them to announce a lineup uh, before next April. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we have... The Lollapalooza lineup, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. So, if that is our basis that we're going off of, 
Oh boy, I can Might only be expect, a big year. It's gonna be a big year. Yeah. Um, I expect big names to be coming out to all three of these weekends. That being said, I also expect a lot of crowds to be coming out to all three of these yes. weekends. Which hopefully by May, more people are vaccinated and it won't yeah. feel as weird. Coming hopefully. Out. Maybe we'll get COVID booster shots by then. Who knows? Who can but say? Who can say? I don't know. They put a, a November date on my second shot stamp. Really? So I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, it's like, come back in November. I'm like, are you sure? Maybe it's just six months to see how you do. I, maybe that's what it is. But still, I was like, I looked at it. I was like, oh, cool. Third appointment. <laughs> Great. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we will have Coachella news and stagecoach lineups when they get announced. But if you want to be one of those people who just buys the ticket without knowing who's playing at this weekend. That. You could do that. All right. Speaking of buying tickets and not knowing who's playing. <laughs> For our next, next story, this is slow news week story. Okay. <laughs> so, slow news week story. Adam Levine, always, okay. he is our slow news week story. Whenever we have to bring up Maroon 5 here. <laughs> yes. So, Adam Levine. 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 <laughs> well, he's Levine when he's on Maroon 5. He's Levine when he's doing the solo performance. <laughs> I see. So, I guess in this case, he is Adam Levine because he will perform an original song for the upcoming animated feature film. <laughs> no, not Spirit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not Space Jam. I'm talking Paw Patrol colon the movie. Yeah. Yes. Paw Patrol. <laughs> which is backed by Spin Master Corp and Viacom CBS's Nickelodeon movie and Paramount Pictures. The new song called Good Mood was written by Shellback, Savannah Kotek, Oscar Gores, and Adam Levine. And it's produced by Indeed. Shellback and MXM Productions and Oscar Gores for Wolf Cousins Productions. <laughs> it is executive produced by Savannah Kotek, <laughs> Levine, who appears courtesy of Interscope Records, leads the track, which is described as a beat. <laughs> In the movie, the heroic pups who make up the Paw Patrol confront their rival, Humdinger, when he becomes mayor of nearby Adventure City. A new Dachshund character, Liberty, <laughs> will help the team. Dachshund. Dachshund. Yeah. Dachshund. 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 It, wiener dog. Yeah. yeah. Dachshund. 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 <laughs> also, Savan Koteka. Yeah. So seven Kotek. Savannah. Oh no, there's no extra A. Savannah. No, you kept calling them Savannah. And I was like, no. Nope, nope, you're right. It's Savan. Savan anyway. Koteka. Anyway, so yeah, that's a stupid story. I didn't even know they were making a Paw Patrol movie. But sure, okay. Well, it's just like the Playmobil movie. We didn't yeah. know the thing until like a week before it came out. I forgot about the Playmobil movie. 
Most people try and forget about the Playmobil movie. You saw the Playmobil movie. No, I didn't. I thought you did. I thought you talked about it on this podcast. No, I talked about how I saw that as a thing. Oh, I could have sworn you saw it. I would not go see it, like, on purpose. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Paw Patrol, Adam Levine, together for the first time. Yay. Yeah, yeah, really the big move the big music story is that stagecoach one of the biggest festivals in the western hemisphere or at least the western u.s is happening it's stagecoach happening and coachella yep happening officially so someone i could possibly a stagecoach released an album last week okay um chase rice okay what's the name of it it's the album yeah but what's chase the- rice has put out yeah, but what's the name of it? The, the name is the album by Chase Rice. The name of the album by Chase Rice <laughs> is the album by Chase Rice. I don't know why you're being album. so weird about this and not just telling me the name of his album. I'm trying to tell you that the album by Chase Rice is called <laughs> The Album by Third Chase Rice. Third Base! Okay. <laughs> we did the bit. Tell me about The Album by Chase Rice. I don't know why he called this The Album. So... Um, <laughs> country music has certain tiers in terms of artists. Uh-huh. You have the S-class kind of legendary tier of the ye old school cowboys Sure, yeah. that you don't really mess with. Right. I'm talking like Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn, Reba McIntyre. Dolly Parton. Like Dolly yeah. Parton. Legends. Yeah. Then you have the A-class tier of the new generation, the Eric mm-hmm. Churches, the, the Kenny Chesney, even though he could probably move up to S eventually. He'll get there. <laughs> he'll get there. Um, he's like he's like a baseball player eligible for the Hall of Fame, but he's not in yet. Yeah. The Albert Pujols. Yeah, exactly. He's the <laughs> Pujols of country music. In a lot of ways, actually. <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, Casey Musgrave, Florida Georgia Line. Sure, yeah, Dan yeah. Shea, even. They, they Luke, you're Luke Bryans. Yeah, you're Luke yeah. Bryans. You're, oh yeah, I recognize that as a name mm-hmm. of the yeah. country's artist. Sure. You're Karen Underwood. Yeah. yeah. And then you have your B tiers <laughs> where they're writing songs for uh-huh. those A tiers, but also have songs for themselves. Uh, like Luke Combs, like, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Eh, I want to say Dan and Shay again, but they kind <laughs> of float there. Sure, yeah. Even though they are Grammy winners, but I don't consider them as like that A tier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who's the other one? Um, Tay and Maddie's up there too. Sure. So they're they're names that you recognize, but they also write songs for other people. So they have they're like they're gonna be A's, but they're known as like the 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 singles. Your your single bases, your one hit, not your one hit wonders, but your two to three hits on off an album and the rest are kind of like eh. Sure. Then we get to where Chase Rice is, which is around level C. <laughs> <laughs> wow, burn. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Even though I just kind of like give your list of tier yeah. there. Chase Rice, while good, has yet to have that that like outstanding hit that propels him to that next level. Mm-hmm. He's yet to put on an album that is the, as we like to call on here, stadium album. 
right. the rock and the the hard arena album, the right. arena yeah. album the i we're going to this concert as Susie puts on tickets album yeah he's yet to have that this is also not it <laughs> um this but is, he called it the album what more can he do for you so Chase Price is an unbelievable artist. He's an unbelievable singer. As, as in, you cannot believe that he's not good enough. No, uh, yes, as in, I do not <laughs> believe him as an artist. I do not believe him as a singer. <laughs> I swear, I might have made that joke before. <laughs> yeah, you probably made that joke. Also, it's a very, it's a very, like, it's, it's a structure that you like. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think I've just I think I've just been around you enough now where I can tell when you're starting to make a joke because I'm like, oh, this is a structure that he's a fan of. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah. he's it's just it's just mediocre. It's just mediocre. Yeah. It's not even like mediocre in like a good way either. <laughs> it's just a mediocre in a mediocre album. Forgettable. Is forgivable even the right word? But he has a, a song on here called like where he describes his perfect day. Uh-huh. Is it called Perfect Day? No, it's not it's not that obvious. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh yeah, what is it called? Single load. Um It's called, oh, Best Night Ever. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Perfect day, Best Night Ever. Yeah. It's called Best Night Ever. But as he's singing it, I don't believe he's having the best night ever. <laughs> as he sings it, I don't believe it. That's why he's an unbelievable artist, because I yeah, just don't when, believe him. When, he sings when SpongeBob SquarePants told us all it was his best day ever, we believed him. Because yeah. it sounded like it. I just like going through this I can't like no single song stands <laughs> out it's just very middle of the road safe yeah not even like safe new country where it has like all the beats in it and like overproduced yeah but not in a way to make it stand out and we're coming off of like the Eric Church album that I talked about like three weeks ago even the Blake Shelton album that we talked about last week. Those are like A-class tiers, like where they're big names. You know them. They know what they're doing. And then you kind of have Chase Rice, who's, uh, not to sound mean, but scrounging for scraps, <laughs> looking for that hit. I don't say it's rigged against him, but if you put out songs like this, it's not helping your case. No. Yeah, just a completely terrible, unforgettable album. All right. But at least we got a bit out of it. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Wasn't a complete loss. No. That being said, I have seen Chase Rice twice in concert, and he's good live. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But again, that's also me saying that being said as well. (laughs) (laughs) That being said. Yeah. Okay, new drinking game. Every time I say that being said, you can take a shot. <laughs> oh my god, no, you die. All right, let's move on. Why don't we? All right, yeah. Uh, did you listen to anything? Nothing of note. 
All right. I mean, technically, it's nothing to note either, but I still talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. I, I can stop being a Ted Cruz there. Yes. <laughs> and start talking about some video games. Video games. Yep. And we start video games with new releases. Ooh, big release week. Pre-E3 week, apparently, is when everybody wants to put out their games. Well, they're going to put out their games, and then someone's going to talk about, hey, we put yeah. out this game. Yeah. Maybe you should go play it. Hey, maybe. <laughs> uh, we start with Wasteland 3, colon, The Battle of Steel Town for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Is Steel Town uh, Pittsburgh or Detroit? <laughs> maybe. Or neither. Maybe or neither. Or maybe it's the battle between them. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That's the question right there. Yeah. Uh, we also have Tour de France 2021 for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. That is your cycling game. Yep. But then again, we also have Pro Cycling Manager 2021 for the PC. Yeah, if there's not enough cycling in the Tour de France game and you want to manage every single part of the simulation, <laughs> it got you covered with Pro Cycling Manager 2021. But that's only on the PC, though, so... Right. Yes. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, we also have Open Country for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, a Stalin colon, Tears of the Earth for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Mm -hmm. Sniper Ghost, or, or, sorry, Sniper, colon, Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the PC. Sorry, Switch owners. <laughs> no sniping for you. We also have The Last Kids on Earth and The Staff of Doom <laughs> for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. I'm realizing I broke that up kind of awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> and? And The Last of the Staff. <laughs> uh, we also have DC Superhero Girl, colon, Teen Power for the mm -hmm. Switch. This is that um, teen, this is that uh, game that they showcased uh, like three months ago. Yeah, they showed this off at the last Nintendo Direct. Yeah, that people seem to bond yeah. over. It seems interesting for a licensed game. Mm -hmm. Could be okay. We also have Backbone for the PC. Got mine right here. Chivalry 2. Two. For the PS4, Xbox One, PS5, <laughs> Xbox Series X, and PC. That's how you know Chivalry is dead, is because there's a sequel. <laughs> they didn't get it right the first time. <laughs> we really nailed it this time. Just wait until you see Chivalry 2. Doors, doors just getting held open all of the way. Chivalry 2, electric Chivalgoo. Sh <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Anyway. We also have Edge of Eternity for the PC. Okay. This is the PC release of it. Yeah. Uh, we also have Guilty Gear Strive for the PS4. PS5 and PC. And lastly, Neptunia Reverse for the PS5. PS5. Cool. So, as you mentioned, we are in June. Yes. And because 
E3 is more or less not happening. It's become a whole month. It's kind of happening, but I it's mean, digital. It's happening on their own times, on the yeah. company time. <laughs> so we have a bunch of E3 life. Pre, this pre is E3 pre-E3 news. Um, we'll get more E3 news proper starting the end of next week. But for now, there's so much happening that we have to talk about some bits. The bits, the bits, the bits. And we start with the big bits. Yeah, sorry and for this the one. sour bits. Yeah, sorry for this one. This directly affects you. It does directly affect me, but it might be good because I won't get a console until next year, anyways. It gives you time. Yeah, time. Um, even if they if they might do a re-release or like a special console release of God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Barry bleed there. God of War Ragnarok yes. delayed to 2022. Most um, likely this will mean March of 2022, so end of the fiscal year. That would make some sense. Additionally, with the, alongside this news, um, some confirmation was made that it will also very likely be on the PlayStation 4 as well. The likelihood of it being just a PlayStation 5 exclusive seems very unlikely at this point. Seeing how it ran so well on the PS4, and not everyone has moved to the PS5, it would behoove them to make <laughs> this available for PS4 players. It's going to be the story, I think, uh, this year. is probably a lot of stuff will probably be on both console generations. Yeah. Um, but you know, until they actually like get people their mm-hmm. PS5 consoles, yeah, we could be seeing some delays. Big of being things being delayed, <laughs> Nintendo will be opening a museum in Kyoto. Yeah. Will be eventually delayed in 2024. Yeah, this is interesting. They were talking about kind of how they want it to be like a, a place where they can showcase things from their history. Um, and yeah, that's the first of its kind that Nintendo's ever done. So that will be really, really cool. So question then, is this all of Nintendo history? I mean, of course, what they want to show you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, going back to, like, pre-video games. With Maybe, or a yeah. Card game company. It's very possible that they could show some of that history off, for sure. Because I mean, Nintendo's been around since mm-hmm. 1800s? Yes, the late 1800s. So they've been, yeah, they've been mm-hmm. around for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, speaking of Nintendo, we got confirmation that they... That when their Nintendo E3 Direct happens thing. Yes. Sorry. Nintendo I, Direct. That was a scramble of Blender. Yes, of Nintendo Direct for E3, as well as their Treehouse Live presentation following their Direct. In two weeks, yes. on June 15th at 9 a.m. Pacific time, yep. the actual, the E3, the Nintendo Direct will be about 35 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. with three and a half hours of gameplay following that. Yes, this makes sense. They've always um, they've always picked the Tuesday date, so this was not a surprise. Um, so yeah, it's just like regular business uh, when it comes to Nintendo this year. Yep. And we're going to have a lot to dissect because I think that's a yeah. Tuesday. So just a, yes, it's a Tuesday, so it's perfect for us. Just a note about that, though. They have only confirmed that they will be showing software, not hardware, 
because the pervasive rumor right now is about that Switch Pro model. Mm -hmm. They have not confirmed that there will be a hardware reveal. Of course, why would they? Um, the, the other thing to note here is that they said most of, but not all, of the software will be released in 2021, but they said they're going to focus on software for 2021. Meaning but don't be a lot of holiday games. Yeah, don't be surprised if they leave like Breath of the Wild 2 for the end and that makes next year. Right. It says, say, Breath of the Wild 2, here's your 10 seconds of gameplay yeah. with 2022 date. Yeah. Oh, and also, here's the thing that runs off the new Switch Pro. Right. <laughs> That could happen. Yes, because if anything, we can trust leaks from Mexico, Amazon. <laughs> hey, that's how I live my life. I live my life by what Mexican Amazon tells me to do. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyways. Uh, June is Pride Month, and all three episodes of Tell Me Why are available for free during yes. Pride Month. That seems to be no matter what platform you're on. So if you're on Steam, Xbox, PlayStation, you should be able to download that series for free, which is pretty cool. Also, uh, yeah, happy Pride Month. Uh, shout out to all our LGBTQ plus uh, followers and have a good time. <laughs> I may be very disappointed that this is not a Backstreet Boys game. <laughs> no, it's not a Backstreet Boys game, unfortunately. But tell me why. <laughs> anyway. Oh, come on. You're not even going to film me that. Oh, God. Not giving this to you. All right. Well, it's okay. Let's go back to Nintendo real quick because they've won up piracy suit. Yes. Against ROM Universe for $2.1 million in damages. Mm -hmm. We talked about this a few months ago when this happened. I think tail end of last year. Mm -hmm. Because it was a big story uh, because it was one of the bigger ROM sites uh, that got shut down. But notably... The reason why it seemed like they went over after these guys as opposed to others is that they had a pay thing. They had they were actually taking payments for certain aspects of their website, which is a big no-no. So yeah, um, that's why these guys got nabbed. You can't sell it as your own when it's proprietary used by one of the biggest corporations. Yes, that's dangerous. If it's for free. <laughs> what can they sue you for? You're not making yeah, money. It's free. Yeah. Which is why when we say stuff, they can't really sue us because we're not <laughs> making money. We're not, yeah, we're not making no, no money on anything. So we can do whatever we want. Non-profit podcast. Yeah, non-profit. Yes, that's exactly. No, I think that's also illegal to claim that you're a non-profit thing that you, and if you're not really. So I don't think we can say that. Well, okay. No profit podcast. There we go. That we can say. <laughs> Can we call ourselves not for profit? Can we do this not for profit? I don't know actually what the that sounds like the legal gray area. Legal <laughs> gray area. Yeah, let's base it. Let's maybe not. All right. Anyway, speaking of legal gray areas, if you like legal gray areas, you probably <laughs> like Far Cry games. <laughs> hey, I heard they're not political. Well, have you played one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Far Cry Six got an official release date. Yes. Uh, October 7th, which is right in line with Ubisoft. Yep, this was following the gameplay debut, which uh, we talked about last week, uh, was going to happen. Well, it's since happened. Uh, yep. Hey, it looks like a Far Cry game. I don't want to blow you away or anything. No, but Giancarlo Esposito's in there, so it hey. didn't blow you away. Yeah, hey. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah. Uh, speaking of release dates, Dying Light 
2 will be released this year, December 7th. Yeah, the sequel to Dying Light. Now, that is a very holiday release. Yeah, day that will live in infamy. Yep. Uh, We also have the 30th anniversary Sonic stream reveals the Sonic Colors Ultimate and a new 2022 title. So yeah, uh, they had a 30th anniversary stream for Sonic, and those are the two biggest stories. There's also some Netflix series news and some other media-related news. No, the, but, the Sonic Colors Ultimate was the thing that I kept seeing. But that was the biggest deal. Uh, so yeah, Sonic Colors is a beloved Wii game, I think, originally. Um, yeah. It is going to get a, a re-release with new stuff in it. But yes, and a to this point unnamed 2022 Sonic title that everybody seems convinced is called Sonic Rangers. Uh, so that's mm. probably going to be your Sonic game next year. Like Sonic Rescue Rangers? Sure, yes. He, uh, ties, he uh, hangs out with Chip and Dale, uh, John Mulaney, and um, uh, who else was that? Bill Hader? Yeah. Did they announce for, for that? <laughs> <laughs> Something Oh, no, Andy Samberg. Andy it, was Samberg. Bill, it was Andy Samberg and uh, John, John Mulaney. Mulaney. I wouldn't be surprised Bill Hader somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he's, he'll play um, as another character from Chippendale. Gadget. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, speaking of really old games, Dragon Quest. Uh, they also had a stream in which yeah. they revealed the remake for Dragon Quest Three, mm-hmm. as well as a Japan-only new version of Dragon Quest X or 10 or however you want to say it. Important to note that Dragon Quest 10 is technically a MMO, so it's been running for a decade. Um, and this is just the newest version slash update of Dragon Quest 10, but we've never gotten it worldwide. It's been a Japan exclusive lockdown ever since. Well, not to be outdone, they also announced a new and more adult Dragon Quest 12. Yeah, all we got was a logo here and a statement that said they were going to try to aim more towards an adult's audience for it. So yeah, I'd see a lot of Dark Souls and uh, Monster Hunter Hunter inspiration probably in this. I would not be surprised. Yep, I was going with Monster Hunter there. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, since we really haven't talked about it, PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, Today, or actually yesterday, was June 1st. First Tuesday of every month, they release new games for PS Plus members, and yesterday was no exception. Yes. So you can get, if you are a PlayStation Plus member, Operation Tango for the PlayStation 5. Yep, that's the exclusive PS5 game this month. Virtual Fighters 5, colon, Ultimate Showdown for the mm-hmm. PS4. And, drumroll please, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure why EA actually let this go, <laughs> Star Wars Squadrons for the PS4. That's right. It's interesting. The game that released like four months ago. It's an interesting choice, but also interesting considering it's on Game Pass as well because Game Pass uh, subscribers have it through the EA Play program. So yeah, it's nice that there's actually some parity there between PlayStation and Xbox with Star Wars Squadrons, which is good because I'm pretty sure that that game is cross-play. So those servers are going to be hopping pretty soon here. Uh, I would assume this week into the weekend that don't be surprised to see Star Wars Squadrons kind of jump up everywhere in terms of gameplay. As for the other games, Operation Tango seems like a co-op thing, so I probably won't be playing a whole lot of that. Uh, so yes, I don't know anybody else who has a PlayStation 5. Um, and then also uh, 
Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown is actually something they just announced last week. It is a current gen re-release of Virtual Fighter Five uh, that is a free-to-play model. So, despite it being free but from PlayStation Plus, the base model is also free on Xbox and PC as well. You can just download it and play it. There is DLC that is paid that unlocks special things that aren't accessible in the free-to-play model. So. Just know that going in is that it's technically a free game already. Well, this is also supposed to be the last in the series, but kind of <laughs> getting a revival, maybe? I mean, yeah, I, Virtual Fighter is one of those franchises I don't think will ever truly die. I'm sure they'll bring it back when they want to. Well, it's like a three, five-year game that they bring out every now and then. Like, hey, remember this game? Right, yeah. Or, it's a big deal. You haven't tried this game out in a while? It's like one of those. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you play anything? Uh, no, not really. Um, just kind of still playing more of the show. Uh, we lost uh, the playoffs. The Angels got eliminated by the Astros. Oh, the stupid trash throws. Which makes sense. But here's the good news. In, our, in this digital version of the 2022 World Series, the Padres beat the Astros. So there hey. you go. So, Tatis. Your fake 2022 uh, <laughs> World Champions were the San Diego Padres. So. Just don't tell any Dodger fan that they'll right. you. <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers somehow got beat. I don't know what happened there, but uh, but yeah, well, it makes sense. Tatis is on the cover for this. Yeah. Uh, this so I wonder if it's weighted a certain <laughs> certain way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so my uh, pitcher will continue to pitch into the 2023 season now, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll see how I do. We'll see how we do this time. Yeah, how you do. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I you played a game? Question mark and what played what? question mark. Yeah. So, longtime fans of Mego Podcast know that I have an infinity soft spot in my heart for Kingdom yes. Hearts and things related to Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Most people don't know <laughs> that Kingdom Hearts has a mobile game. <laughs> that has been gone, been going on for five years. Yes, that's five right. Years. Five years for a mobile game. That's yes. predating Kingdom Hearts 3 and DLC and everything else. I think it even predates uh, 2.58 because it started off as Union, Union Key, and then became Union Cross and Union X. So anyways... Sure. <laughs> mobile browser game Kingdom Hearts Union Key has officially reached its finale. I think we brought this up at the end of last year that it had a end date in mind and they were closing down the servers. So we didn't know when it was going to happen. It was just going to be released and that was it. And this past weekend is exactly what happened. Yeah, um, The ending was released and it hurt me. <laughs> it made me cry. Aww. Not in like a, oh, that's so beautiful kind of way, but in a, oh God, I've been doing that the whole time kind of way. Yeah. Um, it did what it needed to do, which was tie back into the series. Um, it kind of foreshadows and sets up pieces for the next installment, but you can never, after like watching that ending and playing through it, 
you can't go back to Dream Drop Distance and play that game the same. Hmm. It has direct ties to it and kind of huge implications of what you're doing in that game. Because for the most part, that's always been the one-off. It's like, oh, I kind of understand what's going on with like all the other titles and how they tie in. But the Dream Drop Distance has always been the kind of redheaded stepchild where it's like <laughs> most people are going to miss it. Most people aren't going to play it. Right. Uh, mainly because it was for the 3DS and then the controls really don't work that well for the HD version remake because you don't have the kind of stylus to work with it. Yeah. But it hurt me. <laughs> the ending hurt me. It's like it drives that dagger that story only storytelling does right into your heart of ha, you thought you were being the good guy the whole time. Guess what? You were wrong. <laughs> and yeah. So that story is officially ended now. Um, no word yet on when the kind of cross-platform for it Dark Road would end, but they're supposed to be ending around the exact same time. But if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, um, don't waste your time trying to play the game because the servers are going to end. They're going to be shut down. Like you still download and play the game, but you can't like continue with like microtransactions or anything. So you might get stuck grinding out stuff, and that's terrible. Uh, so just watch the videos on YouTube and hopefully, super hopefully, they actually like either let people, they recreate this so people can play the experience um, for like console games and have like a solid storyline now that they fleshed it out and don't have to do these, what ended up being like 990 episodes. Well, episodes, because like each like, mission was its own episode and then each individual video was its own episode so there's like 990 like little episodes to play in and it's a lot so if they can like pare that down into a movie like they did with kingdom hearts uh back cover uh for the 2.8 hd prologue something like that to catch people up on what they missed and what's happening and how it yeah, affects the future going forward. Right, that'd be great. Or find a way to be able to play it in a very concise way, but don't make it as grindy. You can't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you're a fan of the series and know even about this game, you're probably already watched it. You probably already like know what I'm talking about and how it affects things and. Oh, I'm just like, oh God, so much pain has been caused to me. Damn Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. It gets you every time. Still gets me every time. <laughs> but now I have nothing to look forward to. Uh, well, not quite sure. Um, unsure if Square Enix will even talk about it, the future of Kingdom Hearts in upcoming E3, seeing as they just ended this. Um, but they have confirmed, or at least they should confirm somewhere, that next year, 2022, they will have more news because that will be the, get this, 20th anniversary of the first game. Ah. Which came out in 2002. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they'll do something then. 
And maybe we'll get announcements in that they'll turn this into a movie for 2022 to catch people up. Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, maybe th- that, it could that happen. ended. That ended and it hurt me and I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> kind of my like whole relationship with Kingdom Hearts in that show. Mm-hmm. I hate you, but god damn it, I love you. <laughs> um that's pretty much it. I am mm-hmm. playing Breath of the Wild, not Breath of the Wild, um, <laughs> Frozen Wilds for um, Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. So thank God I had um, Plus, PlayStation Plus saves backed up because I, mean, I texted you this, but I realized yeah. that when I did New Game Plus, um, yes. I had set it to ultra hard difficulty because <laughs> I thought, hey, I went through this. I was pretty badass. Let me check out this new heart difficulty. And I think I did pretty good. I went pretty far mm-hmm. in it into the yeah, story. But until I stopped playing it, right. and they completely forgot everything. You lose all that skill set. Yeah. But good thing I had my save up, my save from before I mm-hmm. beat the game to start a new game plus. I can just start there and immediately do the DLC and start as overpowered as I like to be. But yeah, I'll be playing that. Not sure if I'm going to stream it yet. I'm still trying to work out timing-wise because I have a lot of stuff moving around on my actual day job work where I get paid to do stuff. So yeah, stuff's moving around. I haven't settled down quite yet. So my that stream schedule is still in super flux. Super flux. Yes, Nicki Minaj's super flux. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, that's all I have. Do you have anything else? No, that's pretty much it. I think I talked a lot in this thing. Yeah, I'm done talking. You take you a talk. break. Plug us away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can join us talking more next week as we do this podcast on a weekly basis. So, thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next time. Next time for all sorts of new news and thoughts and all sorts of things so if you want to see us in video form you can do so on youtube.com just search media boat podcast and you'll find our channel like subscribe leave a comment click the bell for notifications you know the good stuff if you want to listen to us in audio form though that's even easier go to any audio podcast source that you already use already in the ecosystem for apple podcasts google Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even wherever you go, we're there. Media Boat Podcast. Just search that and you'll find us as well as our archive of our older episodes. You can also find us on MediaBoatPodcast.com where I put up new updates about our new episodes every week with pictures. Well, a picture. Um, and you can also find us on social media channels like Twitter, where we're at MediaBoatCast, Facebook, where you can find our page by searching Media Boat Podcast. And as you mentioned, every once in a while we stream on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. And that, I believe, will do it. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time for more as we inch closer to the summer and closer to E3 and all sorts of wild news at the Olympics at the end of July. We just got a big summer coming for you, so get ready. Big summer, a lot more movie stuff to talk about. Yeah. A lot more Big summer movies, big newsers. Um, we have albums next week. We're gonna listen yes. to that Rise Against album, we're gonna listen to the Japanese yeah. Breakfast album. So, yeah, we have stuff More to talk stuff. about. Um, also, just a quick heads up just to show you that I like we literally are everywhere. I'm on Deezer. 
I like, don't know what Deezer is. Exactly. But I just typed in Meet About Podcast and we popped up. So cool. We're, <laughs> we're everywhere. Great. Cool. All right. Uh, so catch us everywhere. We'll catch you next week. Next time. Okay, bye. Goodbye. <laughs>